1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Good evening, everybody. How y'all doing? Hope you're getting through the week well. we got a great show planned for you. A few things to get into. Uh, the main one is social media use. Using social media intentionally. We uh, have been talking a little bit more about the impact of social media, especially because of the Facebook whistleblower. Still curious to see where all of that will land. And uh, saw an interesting article talking about different ways for using social media more intentionally. Talk a little bit about that. Um, Always weaving in some other interesting things. DMs. Always open. You got a DM for us. Drop the DMs on our Loveline IG page. We'd love to hear from you. Questions, topics, things you want us to drop deeper into. Ah, social media. I wonder what our... Well, we know what our parents think. They're very confused and they're upset. Uh, I was working with a lot of different clients throughout the week, really zeroing in on how our phones can definitely get in the way of our connection to important people in our lives. And I'm always trying to advocate for us putting people first, people before all else. <laughs> and it should be detrimental to a relationship for someone to feel as though their phone, their partner's phone, I should say, means more than their relationship or or you know, taking that time to maybe try to connect And that's demonstrated by people always using their phone as a way to block intimacy, consciously and unconsciously, or really wanting us to get the other familiar with divided attention, which I always say, don't allow divided attention. I've told you guys over and over that I won't keep talking or stay connected to someone if they pick up their phone. I always say, I'll wait. Um, I'm a person. I should come first. And rarely is it really an emergent text or email coming in. It's usually just habit we hear the alert or we see a message come in and we grab. I've personally started, I keep my phone off, so I'm never immediately available, and I start it at nighttime sticking it in a drawer. I don't wanna get familiar and used to just grabbing it and picking it up. I wanna be present with myself and in my life. If I'm watching a movie, watch the movie. Phone should be something we do separately, something we check quickly. And we'll talk more about this <clears throat> as we dive deeper into the topic, but. I want to really support clients and, and people that are listening, listeners of the show and people in the world, not letting someone pick up their phone in the middle of a conversation, really making that something that we're kind of outlawing or we're really getting in better, excuse me, habits around its use. I'm telling you, it's this air conditioning. Um, so maybe just as a little exercise, turn on the part of your iPhone for the iPhone users. I don't, I'm not familiar with the other phone, so I don't know if they have this feature, but really turn on or go look at the feature on an iPhone that tells you how much screen time you've had. I think you might be horrified (laughs) or really happy and proud, but check in on that. I've had some people tell me that they were told they've been on their phone six, eight, nine hours. We're only awake for, you know, what is it? 12 hours, give or take. That's a lot of time to have your phone up or in use scattered throughout the day. That's not, you know, consistent time, but Think about all the other things you'd be doing. Think about how that's often time wasted based on what we're looking at and how we're feeling at what we're looking at. But more importantly, what's going on around us while we're looking at it that we're not being present with. There was a time when we didn't have phones uh, or smartphones. And so if you're at the beach, you were just at the beach. If you were standing in line, you were just present with the sights and sounds and smells of all that's going on around you. If you were on a plane ride or, you know, a bus ride or whatnot, you were, again, present with maybe you're reading a book, but if not, just what's going on around you. People even walking down the street are looking down at their phone. Not only is that dangerous, but you're not even experiencing anything. You are, it's a dissociative space. You are not present with what you're experiencing or your feelings or what's going on in the world around you. So it's very much an auto-regulatory space or phase. And that means just really reinforcing, calming down and staying and, and learning how to stay not as present as we could be. So check in on how long you're on your phone. And I would honestly say for your mental health, your relational health, your physical health, turn your, keep your phone off. Unless you're a parent or a crisis worker, keep your phone off, Get let the world, but more importantly yourself, get familiar with not being immediately available. That That isn't something that we ever should have signed off on or normalized allow yourself in the world to get familiar waiting hours to hear back from you. I tell people pick three times a day and check your, your phone those three times, which to many is shocking, but I want to remind you all we lived decades without availability. People back in the day, not that long ago could only reach you if you were home And your phone line was available. I remember my mom taking the phone off the hook so no one could reach us during dinner and after. Now, our phones were immediately available in the car, standing in line, wherever we're going, at the gym. We don't need to give people that much access. So I advocate for keeping your phone off and only to be able to be reachable when you choose to be, which is when you go check your phone. And I'm also advocating for us to keep our phones in a drawer. You go over, check it, put it back, and get back to your life. I'm advocating for people checking it three times a day max. That's what I've been doing. I can't tell you how much better my mental health is. I'm intentionally choosing what I'm being present to, what I'm focusing on. I'm no longer allowing others to interrupt me and my mood or what I'm doing uh, because they choose to with whatever energy they wanna bring in. If I'm having a good space and a good day, I don't wanna necessarily be reachable for someone to bring in something that disrupts that. I will be when I choose to be when I go to look at my phone again every few hours max. I really want to normalize that. So we're gonna take a break and we'll kind of look at this one article and some of the things that they're proposing. Some of it we've heard before. Some of it, I think not so much. And for others, it's just going to be a reminder. So stick around. We'll be doing that. And then uh, some DMs. So uh, you'll listen to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?
2: Alrighty, we're back and we're talking about mental health and social media. My God, we could probably do a segment on this every single night and still not even cover it all. It's a lot to really try to kind of squeeze in, but I'm seeing people really losing their ability to be present with self and others because they're constantly grabbing their phone. And it's interesting to see how it's become such a habit that, and there's such a discomfort in not having connection to it that I watch people look for it. And I watch people just Uh, needlessly grab it because they feel, it feels odd to not have just been on it or it feels odd to have a lot of time or space away from it. And it's acceptable and normal to have time and space away from it. I don't know why we're taking it with us to, um, well, to most of the places we're taking it with us. Why am I taking it with me when I'm going shopping? I don't need to be reachable while I'm shopping. Why am I taking it with me when I'm going to the movies? I don't need to be reachable at the movies or during a movie. When we really think about why we're bringing it with us, It's either because we can't imagine not having it with us, we make up these wild, made up scenarios about needing to be reached, but yet somehow back in the day, if you weren't home with your landline, you weren't able to be reached. We got through the day. People weren't able to pop in and out, constantly disrupting you and just regulating you with whatever they're needing. I'm personally shutting that down. I'm not giving myself, you know, giving others that immediate access. I advise you do the same. So looking at this article, I thought this was kind of smart. It was really looking at some of the rules we can set for ourselves and using social media intentionally. And that's the key term, intentionally. Us deciding when we're going to use it. And really only using it when there's a need. Getting familiar with time and space away from it. It's almost like what we're trying to do in the eating world with our relationship to food. We have really normalized disordered eating. A lot of things that are disordered eating are familiar and normal to us. And people don't blink an eye when you bring it up in a conversation. Counting calories, starving yourself, a.k.a. intermittent fasting, uh, punishing yourself for eating by having to go extra hard at the gym because I ate something last night. Like, What is going on that we feel like we have to earn food or we punish ourselves for enjoying food? well social media is very similar to that we should be doing it intuitively which is what healthy eating is about intuition intuitive eating eating when hungry stopping when full and really honoring and listening to our body's cues but we've gotten so detached from that a lot of people don't know how to do that how to feel that how to honor that it's very foreign but our body has a wisdom to it i want us to intuitively also use our social media only picking it up when we choose to, not because it's by habit, not because we can't tolerate having space from it or being anxious if it's not in our hand. I want us to intuitively pick it up when we have a true need. If you don't have an intentional need, what are we doing? If, if you're not checking because it's been hours to see if someone needs you, if you're not actively looking on it because you need to research something or check the weather or look at your schedule, then we're doing it by habit. We're doing it just because we're familiar, but that's not a good reason, and it's also blocking out us being present to what we're supposed to be present to. Dinner, family time, a date, even at the gym. Every single person, I watch them. I was marveling at it the other day. When you're resting, traditionally, in the weight room, and uh, you know, bear with me for those that are very familiar with the gym, but for those that aren't, I wanna make sure you're part of this conversation. You rest max a minute or two between sets. So you blow through a bunch of sets, one, two, you know, you're doing your reps and then you rest. 30 seconds to a minute or two. We no longer can even just sit there calmly and quietly feeling what we're feeling, thinking thoughts. We, I watch everyone immediately pick up their phone. And I've even watched the time drift where I can go through a full five to six minute exercise where I'm doing multiple sets and reps on a machine. And the person hasn't even put their phone down because they're not, they're, not even realize, they're not even aware that five or six minutes have just drifted by and they're just sitting there. They're at the gym. Be at the gym. Put your phone down. Be at the gym. Look around at who else is there. Think about what you're doing next develop and be creative. I mean, some of my most empowering, powerful, necessary, meaningful clinical thoughts emerge at the gym as I'm processing my day or what else is coming. But we, we can't even sit still for that many minutes. Even in line at the coffee shop, God forbid you just stand there, taking it all in for a few minutes. Nope, gotta pick up the phone immediately. See it in the cars stopping at a red light, can't even tolerate sitting at the red light for a minute or a minute and a half, picking up the phone right away. What do, What is it we're doing? What is it we're looking for? There's nothing that we need on our phone in those moments. Nothing. You don't need to look at your phone 18 times while at the gym. You don't need to check your phone every red light. What is it we think we're missing? What is it we're trying to do? Well, we might have historically been trying to do something intentionally. We no longer are. We are operating on autopilot. I have gotten too used to grabbing my phone whenever I can. The minute I have a free moment, the minute I'm off the clock, the minute I have any space, and now we're just doing it reactively. We're just doing it intuitively. Well, I'm sorry. It's not intuitive. We're doing it habitually. It's a habit. We are unconsciously just used to grabbing when we can. We need to now be more thoughtful and intentional and only do it when we need to. So that's the challenge. Only pick up your phone when you have a true need because there is someone you need to call, because you are waiting to hear from someone. Otherwise, let the day go. Let the day go by. You don't need to check in on everything happening on your feed. You don't need to get your friends text within minutes. We've really shortened that window. People panic if they haven't heard from you for an hour or two. What? Again, if you were out for the day prior to cell phones, no one heard from you until you got home that night. No one could reach you while you're at the office. The office couldn't reach you when you're at home. But now work is reaching out to you whenever they want. And people are reaching out to you whenever they want when you're at work. Let's, let's end that. Make it intentional. Be less reachable. Don't be so reactive. Learn how to be present with what's going on around you. Just stand in line. Leave your phone in the car. Leave your phone at home. When you're at the gym, leave it in your pocket. Just let it give you music. I swear to you, I kid you not, I was looking up to see if I can get an iPod again. I don't want to have my phone with me at the gym, but I want to have my music. I'm looking into how can I have my music but not have access to my phone. I don't need to be looking at Instagram while I'm at the gym. I don't need to be receiving texts or phone calls from anyone when I'm at the gym or when I'm at home resting, watching a movie or on a date with my babe. I don't need to be reached or interrupted. I'm not on call. I'm not an emergency worker. I'm not a parent, right? Most of us aren't. But yet we can't imagine not being with our phones. What is it you think you're missing out on? Take a little break. We'll come back. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. All right, we're back, and uh, we're having an honest discussion about social media and our mental health. We have trained ourselves out of the ability to tolerate and manage nothingness. We don't know how to tolerate and deal with nothingness and absence and space, but within nothingness and absence is when we think, when we check in with ourselves, also when we connect with others. I realized that it had been a long time since I just heard the sounds of the city. The minute I left my house, I was plugging in my earphones to hear music and face down in the phone. What is it we're trying to connect to? What is it we think we're missing out on? It's really just that we are getting too familiar with needing ongoing constant stimulation we don't know how to sit in the space of lack or absence if the minute we're not doing something we feel panic and we have to find a way to be doing something we won't just stand in line quietly wait at the gym quietly between exercises Whatever it is, sitting at the table waiting for your friend to arrive, just quietly looking at people taking in sounds and smells and sights. Nope, can't handle it. We need constant stimulation. I'm at the gym. The music's pumping. I need more stimulation. Let me see what everyone's doing on IG. I'm watching a movie. Not enough stimulation. Let me tack on more stimulation by swiping around while I'm watching a movie. Oh my God, put your phone down and watch the movie. We have to stop adding layer upon layer upon layer. We have to stop this, this, uh, this idealizing of multitasking. You can't. We know neurologically you can't do and focus fully at more than one thing at a time. You are reducing the competence and the focus and your attention when you're trying to keep it on more than one thing. There was a time when job interviewers loved things like are you a good multitasker? You should not be hiring people that claim to be. You hire people that focus on one thing at a time fully. That transition back and forth between things decreases our focus, decreases our competence, and really steals energy. One thing at a time, if you're watching a movie, watch the movie. One thing at a time, if you're at dinner with someone, be at the restaurant. If you need to go on your phone, tell the world to pause a minute, go on your phone, and then put it down and come back. Your phone should be something we just pop in and out of. Leave it at home, leave it off, leave it in a drawer, I promise you. I go through my clinical day, I check it, and then I stick it in the drawer and I go to my nighttime. It's going to be better for us. It's healthier. We have to learn how to have less. We have to stop pushing for more, 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 doing more, optimizing, multitasking. We're burning ourselves out. That's why a lot of us have these anxiety disorders and personality disorders. We're not learning how to be with self and other, we're panicking. So let's look at some of the tips that are offered to move towards more intentional use. Use which comes from really wanting and needing to be on our phone. If you, don't, if you don't have a need to be on your phone, don't be. Otherwise, you think you're just killing time, but what you're doing is you're really learning how to keep grabbing for it. You're learning how to not be present to what's happening around you or in your life. You're training yourself to need ongoing stimulation at all times, and you're training yourself out of being able to tolerate silence and stillness and absence. We need to learn how to get back to that. So here's some of the uh, proposed social media rules. I love this first one because it's what I'm talking about. Jump in and jump out. We're not spending time with our phone or on our phone. We are going there with a purpose and then bam, we're out. In and out. In and out. Remember I used to say that about bad parties? We're just going to pop in and out. Show face and then ghost. Um, So people keep talking about this. Jump in, jump out. You don't need to endlessly scroll. You don't need to catch up on everything. There's nothing important happening on your phone, I promise you. There's nothing important happening on social media, I promise you. You're missing nothing. Uh, We wanna just pop in, look at what we needed to do, and get off. Jump in and jump out. Respond and go. We're not sitting, we're not hovering. There's no need to keep swiping. That's stimulation seeking, because you're not really looking for anything. You weren't like, oh my gosh, I'm hoping to find a new recipe. So here I am looking for a recipe. If that is what you're doing, stay on there until you find it. But if you have no goal, and there's nothing you need, stay off it. Because otherwise, again, we're training ourselves to always need stimulation, we're training ourselves to always need something, we're training ourselves away from stillness and absence. There's nothing happening on there that you need to look at, even if it's been hours. Go on because you wanted to check what someone says about something. Or We wanted to look at the updated comments or you really wanted to find something. But otherwise, there's nothing happening that's purposeful anymore. It's why I don't even post that much on my social media. Anyone that follows my social media knows I don't really post anymore. Why? I don't really care. I want to delete all of it, and I will wind up doing that very soon. I, I, I don't care what most people are posting anymore. People aren't even posting authentically or honestly. There's an algorithm. You have to post a certain amount so that you stay in people's feeds, and people are posting trash. People are posting things they don't care about. Post People are posting just to post. Like, nothing's honest anymore. Nothing's meaningful. I don't look at anyone's anything because no one's producing things on there that are important. All the people whose work I value aren't doing things on there. You have to read their book. I know. Imagine that. People will literally say when I post something, can you just do a video explaining it? Because people don't even want to read an IG story post anymore. Just make it even easier. If we're that lazy. Read it to us. And when people have a question, I say, I answered that extensively in the book that I wrote. And so I can't answer everyone individually. I wrote a book on it. They'll be like, yeah, just give me the quick, short answer. Oh my God, we won't even sit with a book. Like that's horrifying. A, because I think it's important to read, but also because I think it's the absence and the lack of willingness to sit still with something and to sit deeply in something. We want it quick and fast, quick, fast, and easy. Gonna take a little break. Slide into those DMs, and then we're going to come back talking about uh, the toxicity of social media, but how to get our power back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. Stick around. All right, y'all. We are back, and now it's time to uh, slide into those DMs.
0: Sliding into the DMs. We've
2: got a DM for us. Dropping the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Questions, topics, things you want us to drop deeper into. Circle back to repeat Reiterate, you know. Um past episodes over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for the show, click on it, bam, there they are. Old episodes you can re listen, post, bin, share. Uh all right, we got a DM. This one says, Hey Dr. Chris, I had a situation come up last week. I really love your opinion on it. Oh man, I already no d- oh, wait, hold on, we're not doing that one. We're gonna push forward to this one. Hey, Dr. Chris. I'm feeling very suffocated by my mom. Oh, She just lost her sister and is turning to me for comfort. Uh, My heart goes out. Loss is very difficult. And we turn to those that we feel safe and close to. You know, Uh, back to your question, you said, I'm happy to be there for her, but she'll say things to me like you are my only source of happiness or without you, I'd be nobody. She's putting so much pressure on me. It's really weighing me down. I've told her nicely that her happiness is not my responsibility. She's not understanding that. Am I wrong here? I don't. I don't think it's that you're wrong. I just think you're taking it too seriously. What What is hard for you to hear, and what your mom is saying? Um, I'm not sure if she literally means that, or if she's just being very um, emotional. Maybe she's just trying to really say you're important to me. I'm glad I have you. I don't know if she literally means you are my only source of happiness. But even if you are, thank God she has you. For some people, they only have one or one thing in their life that gives them happiness, or one person. Whether it feels okay or not, that might be her truth, and I'm happy she can express that. But don't let that sound like it's a request or a demand for anything, um, because it isn't. So I'm wondering, what about that's really hard for you? Is it a fear of intimacy? Is it afraid of letting her down? Does it sound like there's a, a demand or request in that? Like, I don't, I don't know what the struggle is, because I'd want you to just hear it as a declaration of, I'm glad I have you and you're important to me. And I'd want you to say to yourself, I'm glad she has me, because maybe she doesn't have anyone else. That just is. Um, So I'm not sure what the problem is with that. I'm glad she has you. We need people. Not everyone has a wealth of people to turn to or to rely on, so thank God she's got you. Set the boundaries you need to set, but I don't want it to just symbolically feel like pressure if it isn't actually resulting in pressure. I don't want it to feel like a demand or request for something when when it might not be. So we don't wanna get thrown off. It's kind of like if someone's dating someone and the person says, I love you. Well, you don't have to say that back if you're not there and you don't have to be there. Just take the compliment and say, okay, it doesn't have to be a demand or request for anything. Just say, thank you. That feels great to hear that. You know, your mom says you're important. to me. You're my source of happiness. Well, thank God you have me that I'm glad that I can be that in the times that I can be that, but I don't hear it to mean anything more than that. So I think you just honor what it is. And more importantly, mom's going through a tough time. That's how she sees the world right now. Just be there for her. Provide, provide, you know, shoulder at times, other times help her get out in the world and distract and find joy in other things. But yeah, make sure you're still participating fully in your life. Um, Don't necessarily, you know, have to be negatively impacted by that. If you're still living the life you need to lead and you're seeing the people you want to see, then there's no problem. I think sometimes we hear something and we make a problem of what we think it could mean or what it could be a demand for, but it isn't actually anything other than a sentiment or an emotional expression. So don't don't catastrophize it, don't dramatize it. I, I I'm not sad about that. We need other people, and for a lot of people, the few people in their lives are what give them joy. But what else should give us joy but those in our life? I don't want our job to be our only source of joy. I don't want our money to be our only source of joy or our health. Those things come and go, those are fragile. I want people's close relationships to be their source of joy, that's appropriate. That's what we seek. I'm glad you have that kind of closeness. There's no problem in that. I'm, you know, We're not gonna pathologize things that aren't, and that isn't. Relationships are the most important things we should have in our lives, and they should be the center point, period. Nothing should come before them. So congrats, That's beautiful. I'm glad you have that. A lot of people wish they had that kind of connection or close relationship with their caregivers with, you know, or their parents or anyone. You know, That's the kind of thing that a lot of people spend years in therapy trying to get to or repair or mourn the loss of the recognition that they didn't have it or no longer have it or won't ever have it. You have it. Capitalize on it. Take strength from it. Be complimented by it. Get deeper. Be there for her. That's, that's what a good human being does. You know, we provide what we can as long as it's not to our detriment. doesn't sound like it is all as well. All right, y'all. Take a little break. We'll be back. Uh, questions, drop them in the DMs, but uh, stick around. Listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, we're back, and uh, what I'm really advocating for tonight is we talk about social media, not letting it run us, but us run it, taking our power back, uh, really, really looking at the psychobiological impact of it. We have primed ourselves to panic if we're not staying connected to our phones or constantly bringing in some form of stimulation. We no longer can tolerate or even enjoy just sitting and staring, taking in the sight sounds and people around us. Like I said, at the gym, when someone's resting, immediately grabs their phone. Why? Why do you need immediate stimulation? You can't just sit in stillness for a minute. Why in line are we immediately looking at our phone? Why when we get come to a red light do we immediately pick up our phone? It's habit and it's stimulation seeking. And it's us getting further away from being able to sit with ourselves. Clients are coming in unable to tolerate a lot of intimacy and emotionality. And that's because we're constantly distracted from self and other. We are never with ourselves, feeling our feelings, thinking our thoughts. Nope, we're on our phone. Even when watching a movie, we're on our phone. Couples, they're on their phone while together, on a date, on their phone. Watching a movie together, someone's on their phone. They think proximity is enough. Well, your body's near mine, so we're good. No, no, no. Proximity is not intimacy. What is, is eye contact, shared experience. You're in it together. If you're both on someone's phone looking together, that's a different scenario. Shared experience, you're having the same experience. But if you're together in the same room on your phone separately, you're not having a shared experience. And we are not learning how to tolerate a lot of intimacy and it's leading to a lot of problems. We want so much stimulation that we're finding reading someone's IG story post or a book boring or not tolerable because we can't sit still. I was sharing in an earlier segment, people are literally like, instead of posting these powerful thoughts and gems on your IG story. Can you just like get on there and say it to us and read it it to us, speak it to us? We're too lazy to even read or sit with it. We're too lazy to even read your book. That's scary to me because of what the deeper relational psychological impacts are and what that's saying. So the solution to this, the healing to this, is about more intentional use. If you don't have a goal or a need on your phone, don't pick it up. We don't need to know what's going on. We're not missing anything important. We don't need to know minute by minute what's going on in the world. And for most people, it's not even that they're checking the news, they're checking crap. People are posting crap. I go through my scroll and I'm like, this is all just mess. People are trying to keep up with the algorithms so they're posting every day, stupid things. Nothing's thoughtful anymore. It's all about what sells, how many likes they're getting. And that's why I don't value what other people are posting because it's just for all the wrong reasons. And that's why I've stopped posting, because it's influencing people, and they're no longer sitting with deep, meaningful, transformative things. They're saying things like, oh, that's too long of a post. I'm sorry, two paragraphs, which takes, I don't know, 15 seconds to read, is too long to sit with now, because we're so primed for constant stimulation and having things fast and quick and as easy as possible. Dear God in heaven, we are really damaging ourselves if we can't just be without our phones and sit in stillness. So again, I'm advocating for leaving your phone in the car, checking your phone three times a day max, keeping it off, not being available, not being reachable, making it intentional. That's why I'm saying I want to delete my social media, and I will do that very soon. I don't need it to make money because that's all it's really become about. How many followers do you have? Can we collab with you? No, I don't want to collab. I'm not trying to gain followers, and I'm not trying to monetize my social media. That used to be a place where I connected with community, where I shared my thoughts. So others that can't work with me clinically or haven't read my book, I'm giving them alternative ways to really engage some of what I'm doing. But that's shifted now because no one wants to sit and learn. And we now have influencers who have large followings that people now think somehow are mental health experts. They have no training, no certifications, and they're not licensed. But they have a couple million followers, so whatever they say must be true. And it's crap and it's mess. And it's doing doing us a disservice. So, hashtag mental health advocate, that's awesome, but be very thoughtful about what you're posting because it's unethical and outside the scope of your practice and knowledge if you're not trained in some form around the things you're posting. And I'm seeing these trauma experts and narcissism experts that are not licensed therapists or coaches, they have no training, and I can see the the shortcomings in it all and some of the damage. Be very thoughtful, it's a mess. Really go to scholars and experts for your information. So that's the first thing though, jump in and jump out. That's the first new rule that I want us all to apply. Those that want us want to have healthy relationships and more mental health, jump in and out, pop on, do what you need to do and get off. We should not be on there for for long at all. It's most of it's just mess. Pop in, do what you got to do and get off. If I'm waiting for an email or something important, I check and then I'm gone. I'm I'm not kicking around. It's kind of like, you know, let's use a supermarket example. Instead of just wandering around every aisle, letting yourself be pulled into buying things you don't need, Go in with your list, get where you need to go and get out. Yeah, we're taking away the monetization of it all. We're not here for that. We're not falling in for that trap anymore. They wanna hook you, they wanna trap you. That's what's coming out of this whistleblowing of with Facebook. And I, and I work with these platforms in different ways, but we, don't, we wanna look out for ourselves. We're not, we're not just trying to be pandered to and have things sold to us, but that's what it's really become about. So the first thing is jump in and jump off. Number two, I love this idea as well, create, don't just consume. Let's stop being all mindless consumers where we're just on there looking at what people are trying to sell to us, but instead also try to put some interesting, important things out there. These apps are really losing their usefulness, but we can do something meaningful with them if you're saying, I have a page, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Let me be thoughtful about what I'm putting out there and let me put out there things that are needed and reasonable. We don't need to see any more gym body pictures. Trust me, we don't. Tons of them. We don't need to see any more things telling us we need to lose weight. We got it. Put out some meaningful, constructive things that we actually need. We're going to take a break. We'll come back and talk about it. You're listening to Love Line, Dr. Chris from Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, we're back and I'm talking really about how toxic social media is. And really try to help us set some new rules because again I'm watching it get worse. I'm watching people's relationships fall apart and their mental health tank because we don't know how to be present with self and other anymore. We're constantly needing a buffer of something instead of just being on your date, instead of just being in line at the coffee shop, instead of just sitting at the gym waiting between exercises. We are constantly needing stimulation. We are not connecting with self and others. We're not being present with what's happening around us. We want disconnection and we want stimulation and we want it fast, quick, and easy. And it's burning ourselves out and it's negatively impacting our relationships. So we're talking about some new rules to set for ourselves. And I'm saying be off your phone as much as possible. Keep it off. You do not need to get an alert whenever something's coming in. We need to get away from that. We need to discourage that. Also, check it two or three times a day, max. Put it in a drawer. Go over, pull, open the drawer, look at what you need to do, and close it and walk away. That's how we keep it contained, by containing it. Don't let it be sitting on the couch with you. You can just grab it at any time and interrupt your time. Don't bring it into the restaurant with you. It's only going to interrupt your time. Unless you are leaving the kids with the babysitter and you're worried about an emergency, I personally can go through a dinner or a date and not be reached. No one needs to reach me immediately. I don't live in that kind of world. Leave it in a drawer and you go and you use it by the drawer or go plug it in somewhere in another room and you go use it standing where it's plugged in, do what you need to do, put it down and go back to the kitchen or living room or whatever it is. Use it for what you need it for and leave it. And the way we really manage that is by it only is used in one space. So you can't just let it leak into your whole day. Don't take it to the gym with you. Don't take it into the coffee shop with you. It stays where it stays. That's the phone zone. You can only use it or check it while over there. So it's just focused on when you're focusing on it but otherwise you're in the rest of your life i also was saying we need to be thoughtful about what we're doing with our platforms instead of just Putting more trash out there. Do something necessary. What do we need more of? We need more healing. We need more education. We need more art. We need more beautiful mantras and philosophies. We don't need any more gym body pics. We get it. We're already tear you know terrorized by you know the idea that we're supposed to look a certain way. We get it. We don't need any more gym stuff. We don't need any more things telling us to lose weight. We don't need any more people showing us their fancy car and their nice watch and optimize and but but but. We don't need any of that. Think about what you want to put out there in the world. Think about what you want your legacy to be. Because your social media page is your legacy. That's what you're choosing to put out in the world. That's what you're choosing to do with your microphone, your big moment in the spotlight. And it should make some of us feel really bad that what we're choosing to do is attack people. We're choosing to post things that, that further marginalize and oppress people. We're making people feel bad about their bodies by posting before and after. I mean, like, what are we doing? Where's the ethics We need to bring the ethics back. And that's why I'm telling people that are in the dating world, yes, get someone's IG as soon as possible before you go on a date with them. Look at who they are on their social media page. We are showing who we are on our social media. We're showing what we think is our best. We're showing what we think is most important in the world. And look at what they're showing and say, is that important to me? Are they ethical? Do I wanna be around that? Is that good for me? I know personally, when I was single, if someone's page was all about the money they have and the objects they have and their gym body, it was not a match because I have no interest in that. None of that's important. None of that's meaningful. I don't want to be with someone whose self-esteem is tied to materialism, their body, the objects, because that's probably to the detriment of their psychological health. If someone's putting that much time into the gym and their job to be able to buy fancy things, I bet they're not working on their mental health or psychology. There's not enough hours in the day. I want to see people who, when I go on their page, they're posting about their art, inspiring film that they're watching, really insightful things, that they're out in the world participating in in a real way. I'm a non-drinker, I can't stand bars and clubs. I wanna see if that's what their whole social life and their life is built around. It'll never work, no interest in that. So these are all the things. I want us to let someone's social media market them. It's our marketing, but it's not even about being liked or accepted by others. I want you to look at what you're producing, what your legacy here is, what you're helping contribute to. Really look at your social media and say, what am I contributing to? Who am I harming? Who am I targeting? So create, don't just consume, but be thoughtful about what you're creating. Then here's the other zinger. Unfollow things that make you feel bad. Unfollow things that upset you. Unfollow people's pages that you don't agree with. You don't need to keep telling people you don't agree or like their posts. Just go away and be quiet and unfollow. I had to start really blocking people because if someone doesn't like something I post, keep it to yourself. There's nothing meaningful or constructive just taking your time on my page to battle or to put me down and make me feel bad says everything about you. If you don't like something, keep scrolling. Use your time on there in a more productive, supportive way. But follow things that make you smile. Follow things that make you feel good. Follow things that make you think. Unfollow all the mess that's telling you you have to be a certain way or you have to own things or make a certain amount of money or have a certain kind of body. None of that's rooted in mental health and none of that's even true or real. We're trying to get away from that. So really think about it. Any page you see that's posting things or it's constantly making you upset or you're comparing yourself, unfollow and move on. Let that go. And like I said, I love this sound bite. Change the culture of social media instead of being changed by it instead of just being constantly harmed or influenced by what people are posting, decide to use your page to post things that are better than that, that help create and build a better world. That's what I try to do on my page. Post things that are inspiring, that challenge us to think, that give us new ways to see the world, that gives us tools and resources that help correct some misunderstandings. Make it something beneficial and positive, not a page to just be your ego vision board. Look at all the things about me that I think are great that really aren't even meaningful things in the world. So really look at that. But more so, look at the things you're following as well. It's a, it's a feedback loop, right? Here's another really important one that's going to be very hard for a lot of people to sit with. Take an extended break at least once a year. Take at least a month off every single year. And if you can't do a month, at least take a week off. And if it scares you to imagine taking a week off of your social media, then that tells you how attached to it you are, how you really struggle with less stimulation and being present in your life. Because being on your phone is being absent from your life. You are distracted, you are dissociated. We're going to take a little break and we'll keep talking about social media. Listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris, Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All righty, we are back and we're closing out our discussion on social media. Just giving you guys a lot of different tips. Let's just do a little recap. Jump, jump in and jump out. Keep your phone somewhere. That's where your phone stays. That's where it lives. Never needs to move. You need to look at something, go over to the area where your phone lives in that drawer, plugged in the, the socket by your bed, look at what you need to look at, look at what you need to do, and then leave it there and go back to your life. The phone should not be brought into your life. It should not be on the couch with you. It should not be on a date with you. It doesn't need to be at the gym with you except for playing your music. Let's take space away from it. Also, don't just consume, create, but be thoughtful about what it is you're creating. Help be a part of a positive force of using your platform to create and put out there the things that we need to see. Stop filling it up with trash and mess and things that harm yourself and other people. Stop being a part of pers- per, you know perpetuating that. Also, um, only follow things you enjoy. Take control. If something makes you feel bad or someone's post make you feel bad or you don't agree, unfollow or keep scrolling. No one needs to hear every little thought you have, especially if it's negative. No one is posting because they want negativity directed at them. And as someone who's had it directed at them, that is not constructive. It makes you look ridiculous if you don't agree with something and you don't have anything instructive to say about it. Or you can't do it kindly. Keep scrolling. Keep it yourself. Also, take an extended break, at least a week, at least a week every year. I would love it if, for every if every month, we took days off. You don't need to be on there every single day that's really, um, some people can't even imagine going the whole day without looking, but you don't need to see every single thing. Everyone's tweeting, Facebooking, or IGing, moment by moment by moment. You don't. You're missing nothing, I promise you. No one's posting anything important on there anymore. And if they are, you'll hear about it. You'll get to it. But you don't need to know every momentary update, swiping through everything. We don't. Take breaks. And if you can't really sit with that, what does that tell me about the fact that I can't imagine or I'm not willing to take a break from this? What, what, is, that, what is that about? What do you think it is you're providing? What do you think you're missing out on? I'm trying to do that more. I'm going to be doing that very soon. Taking very long extended breaks from my social media. I actually want to shut them all down. I have no interest. I have no interest in being a part of that. And these days, the only thing I am interested in being a part of is using my platform to put some stuff out there and people can learn and engage it. And that's that. I'm not really interested in what everyone else is putting out there because people are trying to keep up with algorithms. So they're posting every day, but they're posting mess Um, there's influencers posting things that they aren't actually trained in. They have no true scholarship around it. I don't want to see that. I'm exhausted from seeing misinformation. Also, we're comparing ourselves. We're comparing our normal or our worst to other people's best. We know this, but we still don't feel from it, which is people only post their best. And we're still using that as a little bit of a barometer. We're comparing. We're trying to push ourselves to keep up. I love this one. Keep the same standards online as you do in person. If you wouldn't walk up or say that to someone you don't know in person, don't do it online. It's interesting. Someone I've never met, never seen, will roll in out of nowhere and really rudely say something harsh on a post I'll make. Would you walk up to me and do that in person? If you would, you're rude and you need to learn boundaries. Most likely you wouldn't. Well, why do you think it's okay to be rude on my page? I don't know you and I'm actually not interested in your thoughts if I don't know you. Unless it's something constructive and meaningful. But attacking, name calling, or saying you just don't like it, I don't need to hear that. No one does. That's abusive. You're being abusive. Really sit with that. What are you using it for? To just attack and vomit out your anger? Work through that in another way. No one needs to be the recipient of that. So again, the same standards we'd use in real time, we should be using online as well. I love this one. Finally, privacy is still nice. Keep some. Oh, share some of your life, but not all of it. I love that thought. It's a big one. Not everyone needs to know everything. I actually don't put a lot of my personal life out there. Why? Because I don't want to. I don't need to. I don't want to bring random people into that. That's for me sharing intimacy and building intimacy with people that I want to be brought into those parts. That's why a lot of people have no idea that I'm in a relationship. They have no idea who I'm with, where we met, what they look like, their gender, none of these things. That's purposeful. I'm not trying to bring that part of myself to the world. I'm trying to bring my clinical skills and knowledge only. That's all I'm offering. Sometimes I'll post something a little more personal. That's to remind people, hi, there's a human being here. Also to radically be like, hey, doctor, I've done two doctoral programs. I got a certification only a couple hundred people have, and I also have tattoos. So it's an attempt to have this radical reorientation to what respectability looks like and professionalism. But generally, I don't need people knowing what my personal life is about. That's private. That's something I gift certain people. So also be thoughtful about that. You don't need to be posting your personal life on there if you don't want to. Because even those that are claiming to do that are still doing it under really funky auspices where they're still trying to do great lighting, a lot of Photoshopping, checking their angles. I get it, we wanna put our best out there, but that's not what this page was ever about. Do you remember Instagram originally was just about sharing photos with people? Pretty things we saw along the way, some important things that are going on in our lives, but now it's tied to our ego and our self-worth. How many people are following me? How many likes am I getting? Every company wants to advertise on our page. What the heck is going on? We just made something that used to be so fun become very toxic for us and also really bad for our relationships. It's a bummer, but there's a lot we can do to take that power back. So just be more intuitive. Be more intentional. Leave your phone in one place and it stays there. And that's where you access it, do what you have to do intentionally, and then you leave it. Get familiar with not having it with you all the time when you're out in the world. And if you do, leave it in the car, et cetera, et cetera. Let's see how it goes. Let's try to be better. Let's see where that takes us. All right, we're going to take a little break. When we come back, we're going to slide into those DMs and close out the show. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around, y'all. We'll be back.
0: We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better
2: over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for
1: 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch
0: You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois.
2: All right, we are back, and uh, now it's time to slide into those DMs.
0: Sliding into the DMs.
2: Let's see what we got here. All right, we got a little bit of a long one, so hang in there with me. Hey, Dr. Chris. Excuse me, I had a situation come up last week, and I'd really love your opinion on it. So, long story short, it was my friend's birthday. We all went to an Airbnb where I met her other friends. All two of them were a couple. And I get along with one of them. (laughs) Bum, bum, bum. By the end of the weekend, her partner thought we had a thing for each other. It blew up so bad that they left early. I have this weird gut feeling as if I did something wrong, but I know that I didn't. I know that there were no malicious moves on either end, but this kind of thing happens to me a lot, where I feel like I can't be myself because other people are insecure. Yeah, well said. You know, unfortunately, it's not you. Well, I guess that's fortunate and unfortunate because there's not much you can do because what I'm really hearing is that that couple, where one partner was threatened, they don't have a good or a healthy relationship, and here's why. In a healthy relationship, we are secure. We trust each other. So we have, we make positive assumptions. When you're in a healthy relationship and everyone trusts each other, you don't assume the worst. You assume the best because it's always the best, because it's always been the best, because you know that your partner has your back, and you know that your partner looks out for you, and you know that your partner is worthy of trust and look out for the relationship, and so you don't assume the worst. And also in a healthy, secure relationship, if you do have a concern, you lovingly talk to your partner and say, Hey, I'm feeling kind of weird. And the partner would say, Why? What's going on? And then the other would say, I don't know. I'm feeling a little insecure. You and this other person are spending a lot of time together. And then the other would say, Oh, babe, come here. I love you. Of course, you know nothing's going on. And then they would just give a little hug and all would be well. But the fact that it turned into a fight and they left early is a sign that their relationship lacks trust. Either one of them isn't worthy of trust or they don't have a good relationship. So I hope instead of making it about whether or not there was a thing, I hope they really drive home and go, what's going on with us that I could assume it's possible that 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 a threat can exist. What's going on with us that I can conceive of you making a decision that isn't in service of us or the relationship? What's going on in our relationship that it isn't feeling strong enough or safe enough, where I always assume the best? What's going on where I don't assume that you have my back when I'm around or not around? That's what I hope they leave asking of each other. And so take that gem to whoever's listening right now that it's a sign of the lack of trust or strength or security in your relationship if you do see others as a threat. Because I'll tell you, and this is for me to mirror and mimic and model what's healthy, I'm in a committed relationship and I would always assume the best first because I trust my partner and we're in a healthy, secure relationship. And so I don't assume the worst. And if I have a concern, I bring it up lovingly and softly and we deal with it, we resolve it. Because I trust, because I've been shown that my partner has my back. My partner does look out for us and me. My partner does say how would this impact Chris or our relationship, and I do the same. And so we're consistent, we're reliable, we're responsible, we're responsive. And if your relationship is always threatened or if you always feel threatened, you need to look at what's going on in our relationship that this is something that we think is possible or I believe is possible. Why are we not able to weather Something that feels uncomfortable so as to be able to stay for the rest of the weekend. Why does it get amplified to that level? So there's a relational issue going on between them. I don't want you to shame the fact that you're friendly or outgoing. That is what time together is about. If you're invited to a dinner, a party, a movie, a weekend away, you are given permission in that invite to get to know everyone there. And you should be building intimacy with everyone there respectfully, but you are supposed to be building bonds and sitting off and having deep conversations with people because you're an adult and you're trusting that everyone else is as well and that they're not going to feel threatened by people forming a relationship or discussing something. And the relationships that don't feel safe and that y'all have a lot of work to do. It might not be the really, the right relationship for you or you're not really running it the right way. So let that be a sign that there's some relationship work that needs to be done. You are, the person who wrote this question, you are not at fault. You've done nothing wrong. You You honored you know, the contract, which is we're here, we're away, we're having fun, we're connecting, we're bonding. So uh, shake that off. That's not you. All right, y'all, that is our show. Have an awesome weekend. Try to center it in tons of rest, as much joy and pleasure as possible, you know, tons of self-care. Be kind to yourself, and more importantly, kind to those around you. As always, y'all, thanks for hanging out, and you enjoy the rest of your night.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy,